Welcome to another Griffith University podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, such a great pleasure to see you all here. Great buzz in the room. So I think we are um, kicking off an extremely exciting initiative here today at Griffith University. My name's Caitlin Byrne. I'm the director of the Griffith Asia Institute, and I'll be your master of ceremonies for this morning. There's a bit of a, a ring on the microphone. Is that bothering anyone? We'll, we'll work on that while we go. Um, before I begin our ceremony today, let me start by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land upon which we meet and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging and I extend those respects to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. I have a few acknowledgements to make. Firstly, and there, there's a list of them, but I know there are many distinguished people in the audience. Firstly, Professor Ian O'Connor, AC, Vice-Chancellor and President of Griffith University. Mr. Heru Subolo, Consul General of the Republic of Indonesia to Australia. Great to have you here and thanks for coming up for the evening. Mr. Hermanus Dimara, Consul of the Republic of Indonesia to Australia. Ms. Madeleine Chamara, Acting Deputy Director for DFAT here in Queensland. There you are. Professor Martin Betts, Deputy Vice-Chancellor Engagement, Griffith University. Professor Sarah Todd, Vice President Global, Griffith University. Mr. Hugh Ritchie, Chairman for the Australia-Indonesia Business Council, Queensland. And I'd like to acknowledge David Wijaja and Greg Vickery, also here from the Business Council. Great to have you here. And um, we also have some very special guests who I don't want to forget. Professor Ahmad Whitler. Indonesia's Special Envoy for Climate Change, and of course, Dr. Erna Whitler, eminent diplomat and internationally recognized climate champion as well. Just a true delight to have you both here. It is a great pleasure to welcome you all here this morning, and, and I'd also like to acknowledge, I won't do, do individual names, but we have a number of students from the Indonesian student body. Thank you for making the effort to come and I really hope you have a great opportunity to chat, um, particularly with Professor Whitler. So today is a really exciting opportunity um, to launch a collaborative, in, a collaborative initiative. In some ways, this initiative is new, uh, bringing together a number of parts of the university and, of course, working with Professor Whitler um, to really make a change in the way that we deal with and address and think about and research sustainable development and climate change. But in many ways it's actually not that new. It is in fact the culmination of more than a decade of work. The work of our researchers, our academics, our professional staff and students who have really spent a great deal of effort and time and built extraordinary friendships in this space. For the Griffith Asia Institute, this is a significant opportunity for us to provide a platform from which this initiative, these collaborations and networks and research ex expertise can continue to grow. We hope through this process that we can contribute to Australia's deepening relationship and strategic partnership with Indonesia, particularly as we address some of the shared challenges that sustainable development and climate cha change have put before us, both before our two nations and to the region as a whole. 
Now, today's format, um, we're going to bring a couple of speakers to the stage. So I will finish up just with a few housekeeping points. Number one, and I've already done it because I'm usually the worst offender, if you don't mind popping your mobile phone onto silent just for the duration of the launch. Um, also, um, we will conclude today's formal proceedings. We'll aim to conclude the formal proceedings at about quarter to 12. I'd like to acknowledge that a number of our guests are observing Ramadan, and we have um, arranged for uh, Febi to accompany those who wish to head over to the multi-faith centre for prayer time at a quarter to 12. Um, for those who wish to stay and connect and keep the conversations going, we'd really welcome you to do that, and we'll continue out on the balcony afterwards. But that's it from me. Um, for now, I'd like to welcome Professor Ian O'Connor to the podium, to introduce our guest of honour. Thank you very much. Thank, thanks so much, Caitlin. Um, can I acknowledge all of our distinguished guests, and indeed you're all distinguished, so I'm acknowledging you all with a rather weird echo at the same time, is that right? Um, so can you hear me without me using that? That might be a, a safer way for me to speak. I've been on planes for the last couple of weeks and obviously done an odd thing to my voice. Um, so let me acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land upon which we gather today and to pay my respect to the elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. It's a great pleasure to be here with you today. Um, in particular, I'd like to extend a warm welcome to Mr Haru Subalo, the Indonesian Consul General to Australia who's made the journey from Sydney um, to join us. I'm delighted that the weather today here is so much better than it is in Sydney. It's sort of <laughs> quite, quite, quite extraordinary. Um, this venue, and I'm delighted that we're sitting here today in the Sir Samuel Griffith Centre. In one sense, it's a physical manifestation of this university's deep commitment to sustainability and to creating um, solutions for the future. This is a six-star building, um, essentially primarily off the power grid, has a particular um, focus on, obviously solar to generate, but a particular focus on storing hydrogen to actually be the energy store to allow the, allow the building um, to work um, when the sun is down or the sun's not shining. I'm sure there's plenty of people around here who could explain the building to you um, over the lunch period of time. But our commitment to this building is in fact emblematic of the university's deeper traditions. From its foundation, Griffith was committed to the creation of an environmentally sustainable society. And from our foundation, we've been committed to a deep engagement with our neighbourhood, the Asia-Pacific region. This focus um, has been reflected throughout the university's history through a whole range of activities. Um, and it's because of that commitment to the region, it's because of that commitment to a sustainable um, society, that this is a university which has been deeply multidisciplinary and deeply international. And in the room today, we have lots of friends from around the region, but particularly from Indonesia, and we have colleagues from a whole range of different disciplines. And we, what we are here today for is a launch of a, a major collaborative program in this area. And this program will facilitate high-level dialogues intended to inform debate and influence regional policies. I must say inform, I shouldn't have to add that, but these days inform civil debates and um, influence regional policy. It's 
It aims to advance multidisciplinary research collaborations and programs dealing with the real issues and impacts of sustainable development and climate, including, um, for example, the really important work that Brendan, for example, has been involved with, but many others, on small island um, adaptation, and will provide research support and mobility opportunities to our students while building their capacity as future leaders to deal with the challenges of a changing world. But under, underpinning all of this and our capacity to engage in this space, it's been made possible because a deep friendship between Griffith, Griffith University um, and our guest of honour at this launch, the Honourable Rachmar Wittela. I had the great fortune to meet you when you first became involved with Griffith University. Um, and at that stage, I think you were an active member of Cabinet. Um, and we launched SISD. You took on a responsibility to come and give regular lectures to our students. I thought this was an entirely admirable thing for a minister to do, knowing how little time ministers had. But I was amazed the way you would fly down on a Friday night, get off the plane, spend the weekend not indulging in the beautiful weather or sunshine, but actually working with the students over the whole weekend and then get back on the plane and head back um, to your incredible life in Indonesia, incredible responsibilities in Indonesia. And, and for me, that so reflected your passion and your commitment, but also your belief in the future, your belief that if you had discussion, if you had um, dialogue, if you had research then we could create leaders and workers who will make a big difference. So it's fantastic um, that you're here doing that and it's always wonderful to have you here because you are a, a champion in, in your own right. It's an, they are the true power couple. Um, but um, Rakhbat Widlar is currently the Indonesian um, Special Envoy for Climate Change. Before this, he was the Executive Chair of the Indonesian National Council on Climate Change from 2010 to 14 and the Indonesian Minister for the Environment for 2004 to 2009. He is one of Indonesia's most preeminent um, diplomats and negotiators. His work in the area of environment and climate change is well regarded across the world and has led him to head the Indonesian delegation to the Conference of Parties of the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change from COP11 in Montreal in 2005 until COP22 in Makarech in 2015. His dedication to teaching and public outreach on climate change and sustainable development is well recognised and has had very significant impact. He is a, recognised as an adjunct professor in, the environment, in environmental management at Griffith University and he's um, been awarded honorary <coughs> professorship from Udiana University and Hassanuddin University in Indonesia. His work with this university, as I mentioned, spans more than a decade. He's generously shared his time with our staff and with our students. We're delighted this will continue. So, ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming the Honourable Rafael Wudala to the podium. We might try and work this down by then. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, distinguished audience, first of all, I'd like to uh, 
object to what you are you actually saying. You were too generous in, the way, in introducing me. I am embarrassed, but I could not interrupt you because you have had a great speech. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm very happy to be here. I've been here in this campus for the last 10 years, particularly. I've been traveling to Australia for the last 20 years, so I'm not a stranger around here. Although my uh, work carries me all over the, all over the planet, I think uh, I've been asked by who was it yesterday? What is the, uh, the best place at Brisbane? Because I, I, I feel at home in Brisbane. Not because I, my duty, so I just going home and walking a little street. Anyway, uh, I've been uh, asked and gladly comply to request to say a few words in here, and I would also uh, uh, propose uh, some messages for you for, for us to implement. But first of all, uh, Ian, has, Ian has been uh, remarked that if all of us are very uh, distinguished people, but I'd like to recognize some, especially close to me. There is, of course, the first one is yourself, uh, the President, and Vice Chancellor Ian Connor, and Heru, who have traveled on a two days notice here to <laughs> yeah, because uh, we were, we were uh, as my schedule always is, not very sure where I can. Uh, so after I first said, okay, get, get the culture yeah, to, to, to bless us with this because uh, he needs his, uh, his uh, uh, assistance up later on. And of course, through uh, numerous uh, Skype talks with, with Caitlin. Kathleen Byrne, Director of Griffith East Institute, and we're very happy and it, uh, we are very hopeful that we'll succeed in what we're trying to do. And of course, uh, one of the first uh, officers here and friend and is Brandon, who is uh, actually more, <coughs> he's more familiar with Erna than myself. They, they met in 92, right? So this is way, way back. Some of the uh, students were not born at that time. <laughs> <laughs> so it carries on through, and we will proceed. It was in, it was in, uh, when it says, no? Yeah. 72 or 92? 72. Yeah, 72. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm not insinuating how, how old my wife is, but... Uh, <laughs> They were there at the, at the conference in 2022. And of course, uh, my beautiful colleague, Cordia Chu, the Director of Center of Environment and Population Health. They just came in from China, where? Colombia. 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 Well, that's a distance. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, my very old. Said for my friend Peter Davy. He was the one who, who uh, hijacked me from the COP uh, 15 in Bali, 2007, to come here. And from then on, we collaborated together and set up the SESI, which is striving and helping all our students. And, and I hope it, it, has, uh, it will grow uh, bigger and bigger. 
Ms. Heidi Piper, the Director Griffith International of Griffith University, and Dr. Ed Morgan, Research Fellow, CITES Research Institute, Griffith University, and Professor Saratod, who will also be part of, uh, uh, of the new collaboration, the Vice President of the Griffith International Griffith University, Professor Colin Brown, Griffith Asia Institute, Griffith University, Ms. Helen Buller, the Manager, International Business Development Unit, Dr. Anna Cullen, Lecturer, Department of Inter International Business and Asian Griffith University, and uh, our young upcoming star, Dr. Fabi Duyelafadi, who has been, he doubles as uh, my uh, taxi driver. He carries my <laughs> And Dr. Bob Hales, Program Director of Griffith Center of Sustainable Enterprise, Griffith University, and Ms. Julie Lambert, Acting Manager at Griffith Mobility International Office. So I take up some time to mention to recognize all of this because they are very valuable for me in the past and in the future. And I will proceed to say a few words on the event itself which is the Collaborative Australian Generation Program for Sustainable Development and Climate Change, which is, a, which is a big title. I hope we all can fill it with the help of everybody here. The Fifth University has been a long-term partner of Indonesian government and economic institutions in exchanging academic, academic expertise, expertise in cooperation, especially in the area of sustainable development. This can be reflected by the existing program, the Center of Excellence of Sustainable Development, which is the SESD, and many other existing programs. And today, I am personally pleased to witness the expansion of our partnership with the Griffith University through the launch of this program, which will be coordinated by the Griffith Asia Institute. This is a commitment by both Griffith University and Indonesian partners to engage in a strategic and mutually beneficial way, bringing together expertise and coordinating opportunities across the wider university, wider university with a focus on sustainable development and climate change, which has been mentioned by Ian before. Ladies and gentlemen, friends, this program will facilitate high-level bilateral dialogues, multidisciplinary approach collaboration, higher degree research support and student mobility opportunities with an emphasis on contributing to sustainable development in Indonesia and enhanced knowledge and capacity in responding to the challenges of climate change. I believe that this three-year program will further contribute to positive Australia-Indonesian bilateral cooperation. And I also believe that will contribute to regional cooperation with a particular focus on advancing the UN Sustainable Development Goals and implementation of the Paris Agreement of Climate Change. Furthermore, I'd like to point out my views on global development and recent updates on the world's challenges. As we all know, in 2015, the world has set out 
two big milestones. The UN Sustainable Development Goals, SDGs, and the Paris Agreement on Climate Change. These two milestones are the launch pad for us to solve the challenges faced by humanity during the social, economy, and environmental problems with a time frame until 2030. The problems facing humanity and the planet are now acknowledged as being too large to be tackled by specific sectors. Everybody needs to come aboard and be part of the solution. Academic sectors, especially the higher education institutions, play a very important role in this effort by providing the most current and updated research and knowledge needed for us to be better equipped to respond to development challenges and climate threat. Academic sectors also can also speed up the process of spreading the ideas for solutions and best available science and technology through multidisciplinary dialogue, research collaboration, exchange programs, etc. Such collaborative, such as this program is, it is very crucial that we are to prepare ourselves and the general public with the knowledge and expertise to face the global challenges. This will be a platform for Griffith University and the Indonesian partners to engage in a meaningful, long-term and policy-oriented dialogue networking research and implementation programs. Distinguished audience, I personally hope that this initiative will be able to engage wider participation, stakeholders, and topics of interest. As you know, the sustainable development covers almost every part of our lives. Hence, we need to engage more researchers from different disciplines. Even though this program has a three-year time frame as now, we should also aim to create a long-term pathway for a grand design of research topics that students and researchers can contribute to create a comprehensive research and dialogue series and create bigger impacts to seek for solutions for the world's problems. We can also engage existing cooperation by Indonesian and Australian in Griffith University so that all this cooperation will be aligned. However, with our long-term vision, we also need to be able to solve the here and now challenges. The dialogue and research group discussions can be handled several times a year or even once a month in small discussion groups, particularly with the students and the younger generation, to increase the responsiveness of the, to the current language challenge. A bulletin, newsletter, or proceedings of these dialogues and small research projects can be published regularly, increasing the feasibility of our program and contribute, contributing to the solutions by informing the decision makers and the general public to push them more, to be more progressive. Ladies and gentlemen, in closing, talking about feasibility, we should also strive to get more feasibility by developing an integrated communication channel, such as increased 
writings and publications both in the scientific journal as well as the popular media, which is now possible in this, uh, in this day of the, um, the first media postings. The Indonesian government, especially as expressed by the Council General for New South Wales, Queensland and Australia, is supporting the program in the form of media liaison as well as supporting the higher level diagram for that. Thank you for that. Ladies and gentlemen, in closing, I'd like to thank everyone who has done excellent work in trying to get the different parts together in this collaboration. I do hope that this program will be mutually beneficial for both their students. Thank you. I'd now like to ask Professor Brendan Mackey, who's the Director of the Climate Change Response Program, to share some of his thoughts about the program. Thank you and welcome everyone. Let me also thank our, everyone for coming, making the time in their busy schedules to join us this morning and also uh, especially Professor Rachmat and Dr Erna. It, it, it's true we go back, but not 1972, 1992. Which, and, it's a, and it's a very interesting story, very relevant to today's proceedings because we both were involved in a very important initiative called the Earth Charter Initiative which uh, the aim of which was to produce a, a, a declaration, um, a statement of values and principles for sustainable development, for a more just, sustainable and peaceful world, a vision for the future and ethical principles to guide international relationships towards those goals. And uh, I was just reflecting on your comments. Uh, and if you haven't heard or read about the Earth Charter, just Google it. It's still a very powerful document, beautifully crafted document. Um, the, the, uh, uh, I won't go into the history because that would take up all my time. Um, you can read that for yourself. But if you think about it, I don't know if you've reread it recently, it does not mention climate change. And that's because the global uh, consultation process and review that drafted it was done in the 90s. And it was launched at the Hague Peace Palace in the year 2000. And that was 18 years ago. Whilst climate change was definitely on the agenda, it had been on the agenda since 92, the problem hadn't manifested uh, you know, in a way or at a level that it was foremost in everyone's minds or thinking in terms of ranking problems. It was there, but it was just ranked lower. It's unthinkable if we were to draft an Earth Charter today that we would not mention climate change. And I think this is... Um, uh, uh, very important uh, and, and it's why the partnership has been called Sustainable Development Climate Change. And we all know that in Australia climate change is a hot political topic mainly around the challenge of reducing greenhouse gas emissions and moving from fossil fuel to renewables and stopping deforestation and degradation. We also know, I think it's uh, no secret that our, our federal politics is kind of frozen um, we we're not seeing the progressive policy that we need to be seeing to meet our Paris Agreement or to meet the goal of the Paris Agreement. Um, unlike, may I say, our state governments, uh, I'm very happy to acknowledge our, our colleagues from the Queensland Government who, as we speak, are implementing a very progressive state climate change strategy. I only wish we had one of this ilk nationally. Hopefully we will one day. Um, 
But as one travels around our region, uh, in Oceania and Southeast Asia, there is no doubt as to the risks governments, businesses and most importantly communities face from a rapidly changing climate. And for many communities, these risks are of an existential nature, literally, not philosophically. And from the perspective of climate justice, you know, those least responsible for the problem uh, find themselves most vulnerable to its impacts. So the Paris Agreement, fortunately, has set the world community on a course to meet these challenges of mitigating climate change and adapting to its unavoidable impacts. But it's critically important to note that it does this, the Paris Agreement does this explicitly in the context of sustainable development. Meeting the development needs of people today while ensuring a safe and healthy planet for future generations and operating within Earth's ecological limits, what scientists now refer to as Earth's planetary boundaries. This reality that climate change can only be addressed in the context of sustainable development actually applies to all countries, including Australia, irrespective of their economic status. But the nexus comes into sharpest focus when we turn our gaze to developing countries such as Indonesia. And this climate change development nexus is further compounded by the multiple ways in which climate change impacts on and the fact that all sectors and areas are affected as they are with sustainable development. So it's this interaction. What, what the threat of climate change does, or the reality of climate change does, is actually impair and put barriers to meeting sustainable development and ask questions of how we meet sustainable development goals. Uh, direct impacts of climate change include the impacts of heat waves on human health, the spread of vector-borne diseases, but there are these indirect impacts, including rising sea levels and ocean acidification, which, strengthen the lively, which threaten the livelihoods of local communities, um, as well as build assets and capital works. Um, these are threatened everywhere, actually, because design parameters are now being made redundant. The new climatic norm, unfortunately, is no norm, but rather a state of ongoing climatic disruption. Climate change has been recognised by the military as a driver of geopolitical instability. It amplifies the pressure on people to leave their homes and seek refuge in other countries. It threatens the sustainable livelihoods of local communities dependent on subsistence farming and it threatens the integrity of our ecosystems such as coral reef. In face of such challenges, there is much to gain from deepening the collaborations between Australia and Indonesia through university-based platforms. And we do this here at Griffith, as um, Professor Whittler noted, through long-standing and fruitful relationships and activities, the work of Dr Davies' Centre of Excellence for Sustainable Development, which has been enabling student mobility between Australian and Indonesian students, the work of Professor Cordia Chu's Centre for Environmental and Population Health in Griffith Health, which has, I think, a remarkable track record of mentoring Indonesian PhD students through what can be a really alienating process, and then furthermore building regional networks of expertise with those alumni, you know, a positive, a positive reinforcing um, virtuous circle, if I can call it that. And also we have Professor Caitlin's Griffith Asia Institute's long history of convening high-level policy dialogues, and I would just echo uh, our Vice-Chancellor's um, um, observation that we need courteous policy dialogues.
if uh, the recent G7 negotiations showed anything, you know, really showed the importance of, of um, diplomacy and courtesy and respect when we're discussing these kind of matters. If we want enduring and sustainable outcomes. And finally, I'll mention my own program, the Griffith Climate Change Response Program, where we're currently collaborating with Professor Whittler's office and the Indonesian Ministry for Coordinating Ministry for Maritime Affairs in helping address the challenges of adapting to climate change in, in East Indonesian islands. So if we look at if we look at East Indonesia through the climate change lens, we see a lot of similarities and parallels with what's happening in Pacific small island developing states in terms of the kind of impacts and their vulnerabilities and the kind of solutions that are needed. And where, in doing that, we're drawing upon our own research in the Pacific, including our Pacific ICLIM project, which is um, being generously funded by Australian Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade. So we look forward to both deepening these collaborations but also widening them to embrace other critical areas. There's clearly a lot more that can be done in health but there can also uh, be a lot more that can be done collaboratively in terms of looking at the mitigation problem, the engineering and natural resource management economic aspects of uh, the mitigation challenge because it's so closely tied to um, uh, the economy and sustainable development issues. But as I said before, we need these sustainable development solutions that are, that are appropriate, given the context, and also climate-friendly. So to conclude, as events this week have demonstrated, um, the world order is changing fast. Uh, and Indonesia and Australia face shared geopolitical uncertainties. I think you've heard the term the Anthropocene. You know, we're living in the Anthropocene. Someone suggested to me the other week... Perhaps we should, you know, we've passed the Anthropocene and we're now in the Trumpocene. But, but uh, if so, I hope it is a short-lived geological era, or epoch, of, of which little um, trace remains in the geological record. So I, I think our, our partnership is particularly timely, sharing knowledge, experiences and solutions in meeting the challenges of climate change and sustainable development will help strengthen the good relationships between our countries in the coming years in ways that are hopefully mutually beneficial and enduring. Thank you. Brendan, though now I have a visual of the trumpet scene that's really worrying and, and will spur us on, I'm sure. Um, I think what is very clear out of today's discussion is that there's a lot of hard work ahead for us. We are really trying to do something that matches our lofty aspirations for effecting change with a tangible program, something that relates to research, to capacity building, uh, to dialogue that actually benefits both of us, all of us, and in fact has wider benefits for our region. And can I just echo Brendan's comments? It's great to have the Queensland Government represented here. Thank you for your interest, and I hope we can really continue our conversations as well and bring you into this process, because it is about a wider conversation. 
In closing, I'd just like to say it's absolutely fitting as a university that we're able to drive an initiative like this forward, and it's absolutely fitting that this initiative is driven forward by Griffith University that has these strong traditions in sustainability and engagement in our region. So thank you again for being here today. Um, that really brings our events to a close, and I know Febby will be accompanying those who would like to head off to the Multi-Faith Centre um, directly from this room now. Um, please stay otherwise and have a conversation and, and um, continue the discussion about this work that will go ahead. Thanks very much everyone.